Well, today, as the words of that song says, we're going to cast our minds to Calvary as we observe communion together. Would you be seated at this time? And you at home, you can be seated too. And hopefully, this will give you a chance, if you haven't at home, to get your elements. You have with you a, a cup here in the room that has, this time, the bread at the bottom. Hopefully, very easy to get off. If you'll begin to get off the, take your bread, that would be wonderful at this time. We don't, uh, we don't have any rules and regulations here and enforce on who can take communion. You can be a member of Friends Church, certainly, but you don't have to be a member. You can be a first-time attender. You're welcome to take. The only thing we ask is that you be a disciple, a follower of Christ, and maybe even take Paul's advice to examine yourself beforehand. That uh, indeed, if there's anything that needs to be confessed, anything that we need to bring to him so that we can take this with a clear conscience, that we can take and partake in these elements today. If you'd take the bread. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then it says he took the cup. And after passing it, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. Father, this morning we come remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Lord, the plan that was put in place to redeem us from our sins, to give us new life, to give us eternal life, and we are forever grateful. Lord, we thank you for this way and remembrance of this incredible sacrifice that the Son of God would come and humble himself and give himself for us. Lord, help us today as we meditate on that. Help us, Lord, to not just receive and remember, but Lord, help us to live out in our daily lives that good news that Jesus has given his life so that we could have life and this whole world could have life. And Lord, so much death, so much hurt, so much pain in our world today. And we pray, Lord, your spirit would come upon us as your church, your people, to be this bearer of good news. <laughs> Jesus Christ, God with us and for us. Father, I pray that as we, as we come this morning, as we 
bring our hearts to you and as we bring our needs to you and we bring our requests to you, you know the requests that are on the hearts of those in this room and those who are watching online. Lord, many, many requests that we have, as many needs we have in this, this country and, and Lord, this world we have needs. And so Father, we just place them in your hands, whether they're for sick, whether they're for shut-ins, whether they're for those who are wandering away from you, whether they're those who are falling into addiction, Lord, Lord, just suffering financial hardship, loss of jobs in these times. Lord, we pray for them. Lord, we pray for those who are working on this vaccine and, and treatments. And Lord, as our hospitals fill up, we pray for protection over, Lord, our hospital workers and other frontline people. And Lord, we pray that there would be an end. And Lord, that this, Lord, that you would, you would end this. And Father, that we could, again, meet and gather like we'd like to. And Lord, but in the meantime, Lord, we've learned a lot. Lord, thank you for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for the learning spirits to, to hear what you're saying during this time. Lord, thank you for being with us in our times of loneliness, in our times, Lord, where we're just, Lord, maybe searching. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, this, this morning, be with us as we hear your word. <laughs> Lord, it's not just, not just from this platform, but Lord, from platforms around this country that are going out uh, oh, through the internet and through the airwaves uh, all over to people, not just in their communities, but in states, nation, but around the world. What a miracle that is. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for hearing those who will hear this word today. Lord, may it speak to us. May it challenge us. Lord, may we embrace it as we look forward to what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, good morning. It's good to see you here. Uh, even in the midst of some nasty weather, maybe, and the high winds, but we're gonna, we're nice and cozy in here. Hopefully you are at home too, and everything will continue to, electricity stay on and everything, that would be great. I'm Steve, one of the pastors here on staff, and it's good to have you here. This is the last week of our series that we've been walking through, our mission to love, live, and lead. And we just pray that this has helped you to understand and embrace and acknowledge who we are here at French Church and that we would, we would embrace this as, as we go out and live our lives, not just as an individual, but as a community in here at Friends. Love, live, lead. And of course, it starts with what you've heard for the past six weeks. And if you've been in church, or really, as long as you've been in church, you've probably heard that as Christians, we what? We love Jesus, right? We love Jesus because God first loved us, and we respond to that love, to love Jesus. And, and then as people who love Jesus, we obviously want to then live like Jesus. And you might remember a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I talked on living like Jesus, and I said, living like Jesus is possible, but it's not natural. You remember that? Hopefully a few heads are, it's, it's possible, but it's not natural, because our natural selves tend to live opposite to Jesus. <laughs> we have our own self-interest, we have, and so it's, it's, it's not it's not impossible, it's possible, but it's not natural. So we need the supernatural. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us live like Jesus. But then we come to the third principle, and I would tell you this, and I would suggest this. Then this third principle, although living like Jesus may not be natural, I believe this third principle should be natural. And it's this, to lead others to Jesus. That should be natural. 
And maybe you're asking me or thinking, Pastor Steve, why do you think that? Why do you think that's natural? Well, let me ask you this. What do you do when you hear good news? (laughs) What's the natural thing to do? Is the natural thing to sit back and, hmm. No, the natural thing is to go out and share that good news. Now, I know this hasn't happened to you probably in the last nine months, but when's the last time you went to a, a new restaurant and it was really good? Oh, it was not just good, it was fantastic. What's the first thing you do? You go tell people, you gotta try this restaurant, right? You gotta try it, you gotta do it. Or maybe you, maybe you watch a new TV series and you're binge watching it and you say, wow, this is really cool. I got to tell other people about it. Now you tell them or maybe you've met somebody and you go, I want you to meet this person. Or in my life, how it usually goes is someone says, you got to see this movie. <laughs> Have you ever had that? You know, it, you, we respond to, oh man, I, I've seen this movie. You just want to share. In fact, one of my real good friends, and you know, many of you know him, Bill Fainrich. Bill's gotten to know me over the last eight years pretty well because he keeps asking me for the last eight years, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? And he finally posted on my Facebook page this meme. He says, my whole life consists of people asking me if I've seen this movie and me telling them, no, I haven't seen that movie. And then them telling me I should see that movie and then me telling them I'll add it to the list, but there is no list and I'm not going to watch the movie. He's, he's come to realize that's me. Uh, yeah, Bill, I'll put it on my list. You know, I have a theory. I have a, I have a com- conviction that if I, can, if I have to get my sermon to 30 minutes or less every week, those movie makers ought to have to do the same thing. You know, get it to, get it to 30 minutes. If I can do it, they can do it. Now, I got to do it every week. They only got to do it once a year or something like that. You know, uh, what's so tough about it? Anyhow, but, don't, don't, but it's natural to share good news, isn't it? And it's really natural to share. If you, if you met somebody and, you, and, you, and they're in town and, or they're new in town, and you, want to inter, inter, you really like them and, and you want to introduce them to people, right? I can't wait. Next week, next week, I'm, I can't wait to introduce you to a new couple that's going to be part of our body here at French Church. Elliot and Pate Benavidos. Elliot is our new technical director. And you're going to love this young couple. But they are moving here this week. You can pray for them. They are moving from Laredo, Texas. And they've never lived anywhere other than Laredo, Texas. <laughs> you know, Laredo is way down there. And it's on the border on the, on the Rio Grande. And, and it's, he asked me when we were first talking, does it get very cold up here? He said, and he said, does it get real cold? And I said, well, define real cold. And he goes, well, is it under 40. I said, yeah, Elliot, it gets real cold. <laughs> but I can't wait for you to, oh man, just an effervescent individual, and we're excited to have them on staff. But that's the way it is, isn't it? We're excited to share good news and good people. Pastor Jim came down to my office just all excited Friday. He says, guess what? Guess what? The Kirtland girls just won the soccer, state soccer championship, right? Congratulations to the Kirtland girls for winning the state championship. Yeah. But he couldn't wait to share it with me. That was good news. And we want to share good news. And we want to introduce people to to good people and people that we love. And that's the way it is. And and that's the way, we even see that in the scriptures. And we really see it most, most prominently in the calling of the disciples. In fact, one of the first places we see that is in John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1, Jesus is calling his disciples. But before that, John the Baptist was going around. You remember John the Baptist? He was going around preparing the way of the Lord. And he was preaching. He was preaching repentance. But he was also preaching that there's coming one greater than me. In fact, he baptized Jesus. And he saw the, the Spirit of God come down on him like a dove. And he said, this one, this is the, this is the one who, who is here and, and, and you need to follow him. And in fact, one day, John the Baptist was out with two of his disciples. And, first John, and John 1 tells us that they're walking by and they see Jesus. And, they, and John says, look, look, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. And it says that those two disciples, one of which was Andrew, left John and follow Jesus. It says they went to the place where Jesus was staying and they spent the whole day with him. Can you imagine getting to spend the whole day and evening just with Jesus? But then in chapter one, verse 41, it tells us what happened when Andrew left Jesus. It says this, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Let me ask you a question, and I want an answer. And you from home, you can, you can yell your answers too. When Andrew left Jesus, what is the first thing he did? Tells his brother. What, let's try, you can do that a little bit. What is the first thing Andrew did when he left Jesus? told his brother the first thing the very first thing because I would say it's natural his brother was family his brother was one he loved and his brother was one that obviously had been looking for the Messiah too and he goes to him and he brings him to Jesus he leads him to Jesus he found him and he's got to tell him. But the example doesn't stop there. In verse 43, we see Jesus is getting ready now. He said, I gotta leave Galilee. And it says that he went and he, he found Philip. And he says, Philip, come follow me. And Philip followed him. But then in verse 45, we read this, Philip found Nathanael. And he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He's saying, we've, we've made this great discovery. And just like, just like Andrew had to tell his family, Philip had to tell his friends. He had to go tell them, we found them. We found the one they, the, the, we found them. And of course, then Nathaniel's response, Nazareth? <laughs> throws a little shade on Nazareth here. He says, can anything good come from there? And Nathaniel says, come and see. Come and see. He didn't go anything else. He didn't try to convince him. He didn't try to theologically argue. He just said, come and see. Meet him. Meet him. Come and see. As I think about this, what was it about Jesus what was it about him that was so different than the others? What was it about him that was so attractive? What was it about him that caused people to say, you gotta come see this guy. Come check him out. 
What was it? I think you get a little bit of the hint of this Jesus in the calling of another disciple. And that is found in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. Matthew chapter 9. And this is actually the calling of Matthew himself. And we see this in verses 9 through 13. It says this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When Jesus saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with many, with tax collectors and sinners? Here's Matthew. Oh, we've talked about tax collectors in the past and how they were looked down upon. And Jesus comes by and says, hey, follow me. And, and then he comes to his house and evidently Matthew decided, I needed to invite some people. But the only people Matthew knows are other tax collectors and sinners, very likely. <laughs> Being the dregs of society, the one that no one wanted to talk to, the one who had sided with the Romans, the one who was stealing from them, did not have likely a lot of friends other than those like him. And they come to G the, 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 the leaders, the Pharisees, come to the disciples and they say, why does your teacher eat and with tax collectors and sinners? And this really isn't a question. I mean, it looks like a question. It's got a question mark, but it's really an accusation. Your guy. Your guy. <laughs> That's not the way it's done. That's not the way it's done. Especially if you were to be a rabbi as Jesus was called many times, a teacher or a Pharisee, anyone of a spiritual leader would not, would not associate with this crowd. They would not dare even try to, to think that they could become unclean by reaching out and including them in a meal or in their home. And yet here's this Jesus and he's doing all of this. And he says, your guy, your guy. No. We got standards. You know, we got standards. But Jesus happened to overhear him. You know, Jesus always, <laughs> he knows what's going on. He overhears him in verse 12. He says this, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Stop just for a second and think about that scene. This house that Jesus is in, this room that he's, that he's in. Look at the people. Inside are the sinners and the tax collectors and all of those and Oh, who were sinners? Well, you know, the Bible, the Bible's kind of uh, nebulous or, you know, on, the, on what a sinner is. It's, you know, it's, at times it's uh, if they're tax collectors, maybe some prostitutes, but pretty much probably anybody who wasn't following strictly the Jewish law as taught by the leaders, they're sinners in their view. 
But outside must be the Pharisees and the disciples because they're having this conversation. They see what's going on. It says they saw what's going on. And there's Matthew. Matthew. Is there anything in Matthew that deserves to be a disciple? But then again, is there anything in Andrew or Peter or Nathaniel or Philip or any of the disciples that deserve to be a disciple? You know, actually, these guys that Jesus called his disciples were what I would call free agents. You know, you're free agents in sports. No one wants you. <laughs> no one wants you, so you become a free agent. These are, these are the ones that are cut from the team, you know, and they're free agents. They didn't make it with any other rabbi. <laughs> they were not the learned. They, did not give, they, they were not the ones who studied and, and memorized the Torah. You know, these were fishermen. These were tax collectors. They were not welcomed by the rabbis. And one thing I see here is that when Jesus is going out to his disciples, anyone, anyone could be that disciple. It didn't have to be the educated. It didn't have to be those who met certain standards, but anyone could. But then when I look in that room, I see sinners, and I see tax collectors, and I don't know what their sins were, but they, they were enough that they were called sinners. And I thought, too, when I look at them, and I look at that crowd, that not only can anyone, but everyone, everyone is invited and it just reminds me what is, what is taught here in this lesson, I believe, and what is taught by Jesus, by his example throughout the scripture, is that anyone and everyone are welcomed by Jesus. Anyone and everyone are welcomed by Jesus. Anyone and everyone. I was trying how to trying to think of how to word this delicately. I came up with this. Jesus did not come to kiss up to the elite. <laughs> Jesus did not come to kiss up to the elite. But anyone and everyone. And he had already demonstrated it. Just in the verses before this calling of Matthew, we see Jesus healing a paralytic. Someone who was sick. Someone, interestingly enough, who was brought to Jesus by his friends, led to Jesus. He healed the sick. He said, get up and walk. But you know what? That's not what got him in trouble. What got him in trouble was what he said before that. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It's not just the healthy that need a doctor. And it's not the righteous, but the sinners that he's come to call. sinners which is why he said get it right guys go read your scripture again check out Hosea 6 6 I desire mercy not sacrifice and I have come in mercy and this enraged enraged the religious leaders this enraged them because they had built their religious bubble the leaders had this bubble that they would not allow others in, but they wouldn't even reach out of that bubble to touch others. If you did not measure up, you were, and you know what a bubble is. We, we're talking about bubbles all the time now with COVID, right? 
Don't let anybody into your bubble. You know, I, I, I went doing some research online and said, here's how to have your, here's how to form your COVID bubble. And should I include these people in my COVID bubble? And it's all these bubbles that we're talking about. Well, these Pharisees had their bubbles and they said, if you're not part of us, if you're not part of this, the, the, the righteous, then we won't have anything to do with you. And I was thinking about it. I said, well, Jesus must have come to expand the bubble. Jesus didn't come to expand the bubble. Jesus came to pop the bubble. He popped that bubble. Jesus is a, is a bubble buster. <laughs> and he says, you all now, anyone and everyone are welcome to come to me. And that's the great news of the gospel. And that's easy maybe to, it's easy maybe to get righteous ourselves about these Pharisees. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes, can I suggest that sometimes Christians, we form our own bubbles. You know, Christian clubs and Christian stores and Christian, you know, whatever it may be. But, but sometimes because it gets comfortable and it's safe, we form our own bubbles. And we, we don't let anybody else in, but we don't reach out. And Jesus says, I'm here to bust your bubble. I'm here to pop your bubble. Oh, it's, you know, so many of these things that comes, you know, we're getting so much on Amazon now, you know, it just seems like left and right, we get the thing, and, and when you open up and that bubble wrap that comes, <laughs> you know, we just, I can just keep wrapping yourselves in our bubble wrap so we don't get, we don't get tainted by the world. And here's Jesus saying, I, you know, you cannot be tainted by the world, but I'm going to go and I'm going to have a meal with them. I'm going to sit down, and I'm not going to participate in sin, but I'm going to sit down with them, and I'm going to have fellowship with them, and I am going to do what I can to give them the good news that I have to share. And we can say, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't do what you do. I, I maybe don't live my life like you like, but you're my friend, and I want to tell you about this Jesus who I've met, the one who bursts bubbles. Jesus, he had a similar Case when he's talking here about, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He had a very similar incident with another sinner who was a tax collector. And you remember his name. His name was Zacchaeus, right? Remember Zacchaeus? A wee little man was he, and he climbed up in the sycamore tree because he wanted to see the Lord. And when he finally came down and Jesus went to his house, Jesus said to him at the end of this, he says, for the Son of Man that came to seek and to save the lost. Those outside the bubble, those are the ones I came to seek. Those are the ones I came to save there in Luke 19. A few chapters earlier in Luke 17, he's or 15, he's talking about the lost. He's talking about a man who lost some sheep and a woman who lost a coin and a father who lost a son. And he says, when he, those stories, we read those and we see the passion and the urgency that the woman sought for the coin and the man sought for his sheep and the father sought for his son. Unfortunately, when, when we're in our bubbles, when we're just enjoying Christian fellowship and, and excluding the world, we, we can lose the urgency and the passion for the lost. For those who don't know him. For those whose lives are wrecked. But that's okay, we're in our bubble. Let's be bubble bursters and reach out to them. Evangelist and pastor David McGee says it this way, we should be more concerned about reaching the lost than pampering the saved. 
Ouch. <laughs> we should be more concerned with reaching the lost than pampering the saved. And it's, and, it's, and it's through leading them to Christ. It's not through anything else. And if, if anything's come clear during this series, it's, it's that we, we love Jesus. We live like Jesus. We lead others to Jesus. What's the common denominator in all those? It's Jesus. The essence of the gospel is the life of one person, and that's Jesus. And we lead people to Jesus. And when we, lead, when we stick to that, we say, let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. Come and see Jesus. Then that has a way of dispelling dispelling some of the objections and obstacles that people come. You've heard them. I've heard them. What happens when you go to somebody, the first thing they say, I know Christians, they're hypocrites. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But that's not Jesus. I know Christians. They cheat. I'm, the Christian I know cheats on his taxes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's not Jesus. You know, a couple of Christians I know, they're so, they're so hateful and angry and spiteful and post nasty things online. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But let me tell you about Jesus. I know a Christian who cheats. Cheats on his spouse. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. But that's not Jesus. I know a Christian that posts crazy conspiracy theories and lies online, and I, I don't understand it either. I'm sorry. But that's not Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me introduce you to my friend. The essence of the gospel is the life of one person, Jesus. Would you like to meet him? Can I tell you more about him? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And he can't do that today if we are unwilling to speak to our lost friends and neighbors. We're challenged by the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. He says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We, we share, we bring people to, the, to Jesus. How? By giving a reason for the hope we have. You know, how do I, how do I, how do I introduce somebody to Jesus today? when he's not standing beside me physically. You know, I can introduce you to Elliot next week. Uh, he probably won't be up here because of COVID and he'll probably be running into something on one of the technical things. But, but, but he's at least he's somebody, flesh and blood. How do I introduce you to Jesus? Well, we do that by sharing our story, by giving a reason for the hope that's within us. I would suggest in, in these COVID times, how do you do this? Well, you can do it by taking a, a, ma a mask covered, uh, uh, physically distanced walk outside with somebody. <laughs> you can do it through an online conversation. You can do it through inviting them to a, to a group, to a study, Bible study or a growth group. All kind of ways that we can burst that bubble and reach out and, and, and share our story. And may I suggest that our, when we share our story, there are kind of maybe 
a few points we need to remember. And the first one is this, is to start with your life without Jesus. When you're gonna bring someone to Jesus and he's not here physically, well, we just can talk about what our life was like without Jesus. What it was like before we became a Christian, when I was wallowing in my sin, when I was that nasty guy. Or maybe when I wasn't so nasty, but I was just kind of proud of myself. What was my life like before Jesus? And then secondly, then how did I become a Christian? You know, my life was this way, but a friend of mine introduced me to this man, Jesus. And then how did you become a Christian? Well, you know, I, I, I said a prayer. I said a prayer and I asked him into my life and maybe once, maybe your story is I said a prayer and I came to the altar. Maybe another story is, you know, I was just in my kitchen and I was preparing dinner and I finally said, Lord, I need you and Jesus, I want you. Maybe, maybe your story is you were hearing down the road and listening to something on the radio, a pastor or a speaker or something and, and you prayed there while you're driving on the turnpike. <laughs> Whatever your story is, here's how I met him. I simply believed in him. I confessed my sins. I accepted his forgiveness in my life. I received him as savior. Tell your story, how did you meet him? And then thirdly, now what is my life with Christ like? Now that, now that he's come in, now that he's done his work, what's it like? You know, I can imagine Zacchaeus going through this process. Think about it a second. Zacchaeus, Tell us your story. My story is, I was a rich guy, but I was a scoundrel. I was a rich guy, I was a scoundrel, and I hated myself. I stole, I was nasty, I lied. I felt guilty, I felt chained to this addiction, to this power and money that I had, and I didn't have any friends other than people like me. But then one day, somebody told me that Jesus was coming to town. And somebody else had told me a little bit about this man before, and so I got to go see him. And I, I went and I chased after him. I even went up on a tree to see and hear him. And, and he called my name and I came down and he said, I'm coming to your house. And we had dinner and we talked. And he told me I was worth something more than what I was. And he offered me salvation. And he said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. For I've come to seek and to save the lost. And now I am redeemed. And now my life with Christ is I am free. The chains of addiction to that money has been cut off. My bank account is a lot less. <laughs> my stock portfolio has been depleted. And I've never been happier. <laughs> I've never been more blessed now knowing Jesus Christ is my Savior, knowing. And you know what? I have a whole new set of friends and people that value me, not for what I have, but for who I am. But my guess is Zacchaeus wouldn't stop there. My guess is Zacchaeus would take the fourth step and he would say, do you want to know, do you want to know Jesus? Can I, would you, would you come and would you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? And that's what really we should be doing when the opportunity presents itself. 
Here's my story. Would you like to meet him too? This morning, where, whether you're here or at home, where do you find yourself? One of those religious leaders or a disciple or a disciple of Christ who might be leading others to Jesus? Bringing them to him and saying, here's the Savior I know. Or maybe, maybe you are one of those that says, no, I'm, I'm probably one of those sinners. You know, I don't, it just seems to fit me better. I got good news. Anybody and everybody are welcomed by Jesus, especially the sinners. It seems like maybe the religious leaders of that day really hadn't gotten the news <laughs> that we are all sinners. <laughs> Every one of us. The New Testament and the Old Testament says there is none righteous, no, not one. So when Jesus says, I didn't come to call the righteous, <laughs> he's say, basically he's saying, you know, you all need me. You all need me. I don't want to take, lose this chance as we talk about leading others to Christ, bringing others to Jesus is to make this offer today. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to say, I'm tired of living with a sin. I'm tired of the bondage. I want to be free. You can pray a prayer here today, right in your seat. You can come to the altar and We'll socially distance and pray for you. You can sit at your kitchen table or there in the floor in front of the TV and just say, Lord, I want you. I need you. I want to be part of loving Jesus. I want to be part of living like Jesus. And then as you grow in your faith, lead others to Jesus. In fact, once you find Jesus, the natural thing to do is to share the good news. Would you bow your heads here and at home? And again, it doesn't matter where you are. The altar's open, but right there in your seats too. If, you, if you're this morning are saying, I'm one, that needs to accept Christ. I've kept him at arm's length. But I want to burst through that bubble. <laughs> and I want to belong to him today. Just pray this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for reaching out to me. Today I confess as a sinner that I believe in you. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I accept your forgiveness. accept your love for me. Thank you for this new life.
Those of you who maybe have been challenged living in a bubble to pop the bubble. Today, may you just be praying that God would send somebody to you or that you would seek out somebody like Jesus sought out Philip so that you could share this wonderful Savior. And lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, so be it this morning. May we, as disciples of Jesus, be faithful to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To live out our faith as Jesus would have us, like him, wherever you've placed us. And to lead others to you so that there could be party and a celebration like that lady who found her coin, the man who found his sheep, and the father who found his son. May the angels rejoice of the victories won. And it's in that powerful, precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us as we've wrapped up our series on Love, Live, Lead. And I encourage you over the next few minutes as those questions come upon your screen that you take time to consider them, pray over them, discuss them, considering how you, know, you may be involved in leading somebody to Jesus. What, a, what an awesome privilege that would be. And I pray that you will seriously consider this call, not just to love Jesus, not just to live like Jesus, but to lead others to Jesus. I do want to thank everybody, too, so much for your uh, just generosity, continuing to support the church, and we are very grateful for that. And, of course, you continue to send in your tithes and offerings electronically, uh, through the mail, however you can get it to us. We appreciate it, and God bless and thanks for that. Next week, uh, we're excited about next Sunday. As we head into Thanksgiving, we're going to take a week and we're going to be thankful, but we're also going to renew our faith promise. We are going to have a special speaker with us uh, next Sunday, Rusty Savage, our EFM missions director, but also our Eastern Region uh, multiplication team director. He is going to be here and share with us some of the good things, exciting things that are going on in missions. But we're also going to ask you to join us in continuing to support our missions through Faith Promise. Now, many of you know what that is, and we encourage you maybe just to renew what you've done, even in this tough time, or maybe you can step up and do more. And we'll be offering an opportunity next week for those to commit to uh, giving uh, by faith to support our missions program here at French Church. You'll be getting more in the mail this week and hearing more about that. So thank you so much again for your, your, your support of our missions program here at Friends. And finally, you know, we've been following the governor. We've been watching everything uh, regarding COVID and its continuing spread. And we are being so careful around the church. And we want you to know that we are doing everything we can to make everybody safe. 
but continue to watch as things change. Uh, we may be adjusting some of our programs, some of our ministries, and we just want you to know that we are doing everything we can to be safe, but of course we want to be smart too. So thank you so much, and be safe, be careful, uh, wear a mask, all those good things to protect yourself, your family, and your loved ones. Have a great week. God bless. Don't, don't forget, live, love, live, lead. Thanks. Thank you.